Well, hello. Hello. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Town Hall, but for ghosts. But for the ghosts. Oh, just hit my, oh. <laughs> hit my headphones. That's Did the, it work? Did it do anything? Yeah, yeah. It, really? it clicks back in when you hit it. You like the fonts. It's literally, you said that you made the joke already. Did I already? I'm yeah. not sure if, I don't know if you did. I think I may have cut it from an earlier episode, mm. but you did make that joke. You're like, oh, you like the fonts. It's coming back to me now. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's me hitting my headphones because I haven't mentioned on the show yet. Um, my headphones are broken and we mm. need more equipment. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to help us out, you head on over to patreon.com slash machine for as little as $3. You do help us for as little as $5. You get a bonus episode and for as little as $10, you get more things and 15 and 25 and all that jazz. Yeah. But for all it's little. It's just little. It's yeah. a little money. A little money. This way Adam doesn't have to hit Beat themselves myself. when... You know, yeah, you hate to see no one. Hate- no one's a no one's to like beat themselves while they record their podcast. No, there's there's better things to do. I'm warm. It yeah. is warm on this September. On this Septemberish, Octoberish. I'm not sure when this comes out. Day <laughs> probably. Some, oh yeah. Well, I don't who really knows? know. That's fair. I don't know anymore. I don't know because someone decided to get knocked up in the movie. <laughs> wasn't me. That's all I know. Wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are we are so excited uh, to be continuing on in this in this journey with everyone. Uh, and we're hoping that you've enjoying the season. This has been yeah. a, a fun new season as we. It's been a wacky season. It's been a wacky season. Partially because we've been recording three to four at a stretch. Yeah, at a stretch and doing Un- thing. unfed often except for that blueberry episode. I'm trying to find trying to find new quirky things to open the show with. But nothing new has changed. No, in the last because hour. it's right. Yeah, no. Yeah, the uh, weather's is uh, like I have a new update for you. Um we have a Patreon. Oh. And we have, do we, we? Sell, we sell t-shirts. What? We haven't mentioned this on the show the yet, but um anywho, yeah, we 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 are doing our best. I feel like holding the microphone today. I feel like you. <laughs> like a, like a, like a stand up. Hold the microphone today. Ooh, I like this a lot actually. Right? There's a reason that I am the way I am. I don't there are plenty of reasons that we are the way you are. You know what? <laughs> there are so many reasons you're the way you are. Um, we're so excited. We are, we are just blasting through season three. Um, as always, want to thank everyone who has reached out with their with their with their love and and gratitude for the show. Um, no, no one ever does that. But we just want to thank you for reaching. <laughs> I was going to say who who did that? But we do want to thank everyone who has reached out on social media. We want to thank everyone who has uh, liked and rated us and reviewed us on on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't yet, do what it. What are you doing? Do it. Just go on Apple Podcasts right now. Just take two seconds. To, you're, you're already there. You're, already you're there. listening. You're already there, man. You're already there, man. We are at a place where we're, we're, we're zany and we're cooking. We are. We did record a few episodes I'm already today. thinking about dinner. Oh, yeah. Are we getting dinner tonight? Can we get dinner? Oh, we're going to get dinner tonight. We'll let you guys know what we have for dinner in September. <laughs> mm, I'm, I think Tammany, my, my daughter, is probably doing stuff. Oh, yes. She, Tammany. She wakes and she sleeps. She wakes and she sleeps. We presume. Unless, Unless we're recording this thinking that Christina hasn't given birth to a predator or an alien. Oh, that's a good point. We don't know. And we don't know. Around. So by now we could also be dead. Right. Because Tammy, the predator alien, has killed us yep. Yep, 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 yep. for her cause. And it's just. And the rest of the world, I assume, at this point. No one's listening to this episode. This because never made it out. Because Christina's hell I child. had to get knocked up and. <laughs> And the predator in her belly has destroyed us. Yep. All hail Tammany. 
some of us are, are working under Tammany, actually. We forgo our humanity. We're like, no, 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 we'll go, we'll go, we'll oh. do, we'll do, we'll do. Oh, you're a collaborator. Not collaborator, just survivor. Uh, right, we're just survivors. Oh. We're just survivors. <laughs> All right. All right, let's, <laughs> let's get into it, I guess. I'm watching the, the numbers of our listenership drop. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know what we're doing today? Oh, yeah, what are we doing, Adam? I forgot. Check the fuck back in, Christina. <laughs> God. Do you know we had a poll last season, and no one in the poll did I ask, do you guys like me screaming obscenities at Christina? <laughs> I think that- Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity, because I'd love to know if that's something you guys really enjoy. I, I, I choose to believe they do. I choose to believe they do as well. They keep coming back. Coming back for more. Well, what to- are we doing today? Today- I'm delivering on a promise that I made a few weeks back, oh. maybe months. I don't really know. Who knows? What is time? I promised I would find us a demonic possession. <gasps> and I did. Season three, Holy Water. This Huzzah! Season three, season three, Holy Water. Hold on. Let's get the season three, Holy Water. We need a theme for the Holy Water. The Holy Water's coming out, coming out, it's coming out, because it's getting scary. Shit's going to get real. <laughs> That was a lot jazzier than I expected. I think this is season three. Uh, or season one or season two. Three. And then there's... Here's all three. Oh, man. Okay. There it is. The Holy Water is out. The Holy Water is out for Christina as we get into this demonic possession. Now, it's worth noting. It's worth noting. It is worth noting that um, this isn't a possessed person. Okay. It is a possessed home. Oh, I hate that. I don't know which I hate more, honestly. Me neither, really. I didn't think you'd hate this more than than a possessed person. I didn't think so either, but there's something like you can run away from an person. You can run away from a home. I guess you could run away from a home. (laughs) You can't run away from your home, though. It'll just follow you. It has legs and it'll follow you. (laughs) Today we're chatting all about Litchfield Villa, or Grace Hill, which is an Italiat... An Italian mansion built on a large private estate now located in Prospect Park, Brooklyn. Oh, I hate that too. It is located on Prospect Park West and 5th Street. The villa was designed by Alexander Jackson Davis, America's leading architect of the fashionable Italianate style. I keep saying Italianate because it's spelled Italian, A-T-E. Italianate. Italianate. Style. Uh, it was built for. It was designed and built for railroad and real estate developer Edwin Clark Litchfield. The structure is considered to be Davis's greatest Italianate villa, villa hmm. and is currently the Brooklyn Borough headquarters of the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation. Oh, did not know this. Yeah, it's sort of located in Prospect Park, so you've definitely seen it before. It's the big castle-looking thing. Oh shit. Um. I hate that. Davis also designed a coach house, a greenhouse, and a chicken house for the property. A chick? He designed a chicken house? How big is this chicken house? Tell me about this chicken house. Is it also Italianate? Is it an Italianate chicken house? That's uh, ridiculous. I don't have a lot of information on it because all those are no longer in existence. I'm very disappointed, honestly, because I want to know what a fancy architect does for a chicken house. How Design the chicken house for me. Design, design, I want someone to design a chicken house for me. You don't me. want the chicken house to not match the rest of the villa. I mean, if it's an Italian chicken house, I presume it'll be like a buck a buck, <laughs> because that they're, they're Italian chickens. Right, 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 right. 
right, right. <laughs> I have this vision of. Did you ever watch Craig Ferguson? Yeah. And like when he would do um, the flag when he would curse and he would go, oh, "What's coming to go?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm seeing now. Anyway, now Christina, mm. I have a really important question for mm-hmm. you. Do you want to know some architectural information? Obviously, I do. I, I was going to ask. I was like, "Oh, I don't want. I don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to be presumptuous. I want to be presumptuous here, but, but like, I really hope I learn all about the architecture. I do. What and makes Ad- it Italian? And Adam says it in a way that that they seem to know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. as heard on the very famous podcast. Oh yeah. Adam and Christina talk about architecture without really knowing anything about architecture. Very high marks on Apple. That that has a million Which, reviews you know, here's on the thing. Apple Podcasts. Here's the thing about that podcast. What if we do it, and then every other week we do the New York Mystery Machine, but every other week we do... I'm here for it. That's just what we'll do. Do you guys want us to talk about architecture, but not do any research? I, I, I'm, I'm I appreciate, waiting. I was going to say, I, I also am waiting, and I honestly want you, have expected I want, a response. I want you guys to say it out loud while you're listening to this. Right, it's yes, right. or... No, thank you, please. See if we can hear them. We're going to record an episode of it, and we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll record a pilot. Yeah. We'll yeah, see yeah. if it catches. Um, on the first floor, Davis created blueprints in several different styles, including the Gothic Revival oh. and Italian styles, before eventually selecting the Italian mm. blueprint. The villa is located on raised ground between a short stone retaining wall. The facade is made of brick. And that is painted to mimic stone. Hmm. The front of the villa, facing west, contains a square four-story high tower attached to an octagonal three-story pavilion. The first and third floors of the octagon contain curved bay windows with balconies. On the first floor, there are porches on the north and south sides of the villa, covered by canopies that are supported by columns of the classical order. A pair of cylindrical turrets adorn the north side of the building. On the first floor, inside the octagon, the the octagon, the octagon, there is a rotunda that is lit by a skylight. A double staircase branches off the south end of the rotunda, rising to the second floor. An elaborately decorated drawing room on the first floor is located past the staircase. Past the rotunda. And the drawing room, there is a reception room that is also shaped like an octagon. And behind that is the dining room. The first floor also contains a circular library, the map, a map room inside the western turret, and chambers for Edwin Clark Litchfield's wife, Grace Hill Hubbard, who was reportedly partially disabled. Okay. The second floor has balconies around the rotunda. A chamber above the first floor dining room contains a skylight and a ticket room. There are also servants' quarters on the villa's north end. On the third floor, there is a chapel and a billiard room. And on the fourth floor, there is a roof terrace. There was a kitchen and storage room in the basement as well. This is mammoth. Mammoth. I I know you said it was a mansion, but like my brain was just now comprehending it. It's fucking huge. It's enormous. It's enormous. Now, Litchfield purchased the land in 1852, and the structure was built... Uh, between 1854 and 1857 at a cost of $150,000. Oh, gosh. What would that be today? That's got to be... Let's look it up. Let's look it up. <laughs> I was trying in my brain to do the conversion of like what I know from the 1930s. I'm like, this this is too much math. I can't do it. That would be roughly five million five hundred fourteen thousand eighteen and seven cents. Wow. That's incredible. That's a lot of money. 
Yeah. It's an increase of five million three hundred sixty four thousand eighteen and seven cents over 163 years. The dollar had an average inflation rate of 2.24% per year between 1860 and today. Wow. There you have it. I know you were all wondering that. So now everyone was sitting there going, you know, the architecture is impressive, but, but tell really me about that money. inflation. Tell me about inflation. Should we have an economics podcast? <laughs> Two people who don't think about economics talking about economics. <laughs> that was like me in a math class. So. <laughs> um, it predates the construction of the park, which opened in 1867. Mm. According to the Prospect Park Handbook, the park had to be built around the Litchfield Villa mm. as Edwin refused to sell his property. The land and house were taken against the family's wishes in 1869, but they were allowed to stay as tenants, paying $2,500 a year. The New York wow. New York claimed eminent domain on that. Right, yeah. So eminent domain, could, when, it's, when, it's, when it's done to rich people, is fascinatingly wonderful. I, w- I was going to say, I'm New York, shocked. New York has claimed eminent domain on Everywhere. poor people yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them claiming it on rich people. I was shocked. I was, I was even going to make the kiss. joke that, of course, they didn't have to move for Prospect Park. They're, they're, real, they're real fancy and wealthy. Yeah, no, the city took it because they wanted to build and the And then park. made them pay rent on it. And they paid rent. You can stay here, but you have to pay rent. $2,500 a year. After Eben's death, New York City's Parks Department acquired the property and is now their headquarters. Um, the Parks Commission ultimately acquired the Litchfield plot in 1868 for $1.7 million, representing 42% of the overall land expenditure for the park, even though the plot constituted just over 5% of the park's acreage. So it is worth mm-hmm. noting... It's worth noting... ...that they were pushed off the land, but also paid handsomely for it. Right. So... Which is not true. For most poor people. For most poor people who suffer from eminent domain. The Litchfields leased the property from the city in 1882. And the following year, the Brooklyn Park Commission started using the house as its headquarter. headquarters. Subsequently, Frank J. Helmill designed an annex at the back from 1911 to 1913. And the villa was listed on the National Register of Historic Places hmm. in 1977. The Village no matter how pretty it looks, though, mm. it's said to be the source of not beauty, no, but evil. No! And I say, I wrote evil in very big letters on my page. <laughs> as you can clearly see, evil <laughs> is written very big because very big. I just need it just it needs to be shown just how big the evil was. Mm-hmm. For its top floors are said to be occupied by, quote, diabolic familiars according to L.V. Salazar, author of The Ghosts of Brooklyn. It is said that these demons appear as gargoyles peering out the windows, their eyes glowing red and green, their tongues a luminescent red. It is believed that demonic possession occurred in the course of a seance that went wrong in 1864. Now, here's the thing. This is why I'm against seances. I was going to say, we've just talked about why, Ouija boards a couple of weeks ago, I think. Why are you doing seances still? I don't know why. You know, it just like, why, why, why invite, why invite something? Why invite something? Yeah. Like, there are many reasons why I'm against seances, but this is the prime one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you don't you, know who shows up. Yeah. When you communicate with the damned, the damned tends to communicate back. <laughs> and just like, maybe don't invite that. Don't, just on the off chance, just even if you don't believe it, just like on the off chance that like, what if, what if that, you know. Don't, don't, just don't, do don't, don't do it. Don't do it. That's our PSA. Yeah. Just don't do it. Don't do it. No Ouija boards, no seances. Thank you. No Ouija. 
No Ouija boards, no seances, no thank you. It's a great t-shirt. <laughs> great t-shirt. Get on that. So this is how the legend of the haunting goes. We begin back in 1864, where a woman named Mrs. Margaret Cahill, who, distraught over the death of her son on the battlefields of the Civil War, refused to believe that she would ever see him again in life. She became enthusiastic she became an enthusiastic follower of spiritualists who believed that it was possible to receive messages from the souls of the dead. Now, listeners, if you recall, mm. back in episode 54, we spoke about the Fox sisters yes, and the rise of spiritualism in the United States. You'll remember that episode because we spent a good five minutes trying to snap our toes on air. That was the episode where we tried to snap our toes on air. Oh. Yeah. Undo Have you it. been practicing? I'm doing it. <laughs> you may not hear it, but I'm doing it. I hear it. Adam's been practicing <laughs> since then. I could be a fox sister. <laughs> I could be a fox sister. Um, this is the same time period, right, where spiritualism was on the rise. The fox sisters began their quote unquote work in spiritualism in the 1850s. But then their business boomed in the 1860s because of the Civil War. Right. Right. So many folks wanted to talk to their loved ones. So they clung on to these spiritualists and mediums who believe they can communicate with the dead. Now, we know the Fox sisters were liars and con artists. Mm -hmm. If you don't know that, I'm sorry I spoiled a few, but go listen to episode 54 <laughs> and you'll learn about it. But perhaps there were other more skilled professions of the trade. In any case, Cahill desperately wanted to communicate with her fallen son. She wanted to know that he was okay, not trapped between worlds, mm -hmm. but he was resting in heaven as he was killed at quite a young age. Mm. I'm not sure what the age was, but it was young. Young. Quick question. This Cahill lady, is she in any way related to the, the Litchfield people? Or are they gone at this point? No, they're still there. I'm going to get into it okay, in, in just a moment. Now, we may have mentioned this in episode 54. I'm not sure if I did, but Santas were not taboo at this time at all. People of all... I'm sorry, I thought you said Santas at first. Santas were not taboo. <laughs> People were like, who is a Santa Claus? <laughs> no, Santas were not taboo at this time. People okay, of yeah. all... Um, levels of society were doing it in particularly people with means because people who had money were pouring it into these spiritualists right. in order to have these seances and these real mediums and fake mediums all that um it's well known among people and the public that mary todd lincoln organized seances at the white house oh, that's right. after the death of her son willie I forgot about that. and these were even intended by her husband president lincoln at mary todd's request so even the president of the united states of america was taking part in seances good lord um, seances during the during and at the end of the Civil War was big business. It was reported that many women of the time who believed in the afterlife and spiritualism coaxed their husbands into these ceremonies. Though it's just as well as common for men of the time to also find interest in the paranormal as well, wanting to be on the cutting edge of the next big thing, which right. was the afterlife. It's funny to think of the, the, I mean, that is the next big thing, I guess. Yep. Okay. It's <laughs> fair. All right. I see their point. The use of mystics and clairvoyance to make contact with the dead was becoming common practice within the United States of America. Now, Mrs. Cahill was a friend of Edwin Clark Litchfield. Okay. And had listed his permission to arrange for a seance in his home. Christina, mm -mm. what would you say mm -mm. if Ed came home and was like, hey, a friend of mine asked if we can contact the dead at the house. Absolutely fucking You'd be cool not. with that, right? Absolutely fucking not. It's totally cool, right? Like, I have a friend. 
wants to contact the dead in the house. Is that cool? It's cool if they just like use the living room for a few hours. No! You don't have to be there. No. Like, I I don't want to be there for it, but like, you want, you're cool with it. No. Well, Edwin Clark Litchfield was like, sure. This is how a house gets possessed. Sure thing. Gosh. The session to contact her son's soul proved successful, or at least entertaining enough, as often these are, right? We have these cases of seances where it seems like they made progress and the medium made contact. Mm -hmm. We know that there are lots of people who are liars in the world of spiritualism. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of people who take spiritualism and, and being mediums quite serious. Um, But at this time there was also so many con artists. So we don't really know. We don't know where this one lands, I guess. But in consequence for it happening and being quote unquote successful, several other seances were held. Oh no. Soon the events that took place at these sessions held at the Litchfield Villa, Villa began to gain notoriety among the nearby residents. Other folks wanted to be a part of these sessions. They also wanted to contact their loved ones as well. So people were like, hey, can I come to this session? So not only mm-hmm. did Litchfield say yes to this one, but a continuing- Just opened the house continuously. Yeah, sure, the seance house. It's a seance house. I hate it. Just I hate foolish. it. Just, what did Mrs. Litchfield feel about this? Is she cool with it? I guess. I don't know. I guess she had no opinion on it. Right. <laughs> Just like a woman. <laughs> oh, no. Like, you don't have an opinion, darling. <laughs> you don't know anything about this. Well, actually, no, nah, yeah, you don't know anything about it. You don't know nothing. Um, God, I hate this. However, Christina, one fateful night, they were doing another uh, seance. One of the many they did at the house. But this seance went terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. I'm just going to keep making that sound. Something is said to have gone so wrong that it affected the house and all who inhabited it forever. Oh, no. What happened is said that the, to have cursed the home forevermore. According to some there that evening, it would have appeared that her son, who she had been contacting the entire time, was not re- enjoying his reward in heaven. Oh, no. It was discovered during the seance that her son was confined in hell. No. And in communicating with him, demons entered our world. Oh, no. Now, others there believe that the seance itself was conducted improperly and that a vortex was opened, allowing for the dem- demonic possession of the entirety of the Villa Litchfield. Oh. And a few others claim that one of the participants was already possessed by a demon and that the seance released the demonic presence within her. You definitely don't want to invite anyone who's already don't, possessed. Rule to, number one. If you got to do a seance. You, the first thing we ask is, is anyone here currently possessed? Hands, hands, hands? up, hands up. Because if someone raised their hand, yeah. just don't do it. But, oh, we can't do it. Right. Because we don't want you like unlocking all your friends. Right, right, right. right. And they're like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and that's the demonic voice. <laughs> It's like, Beverly, are you possessed currently? <laughs> no! Oh, my God. All right, well. Beverly's not possessed, you guys. I think she's she just... Says, I guess we can proceed. I think she's just hangry. Anyway. <laughs> um, now, what's the deal with demonic possession? If I was Jerry Seinfeld, I'd ask it that way. What's the deal with demonic <laughs> possession? <laughs> Sam loves my, uh, my Jerry Seinfeld impression. Um, can a person be possessed by a demon? 
Can a person, can an entire home be possessed by a demon? Well, Mrs. Cahill, a Christian woman who believed in the gospel, believed that, believed in possession, believed in demons, and had cited the gospel of Luke as her evidence. In the scripture, Jesus frees a woman of demonic possession. In Luke 13, 10 to 17, we read the following. We're going to read some Bible. Oh, man. You didn't know this was going to turn into a Bible study, guys. Well, who knows if it's real? Some Jews wrote this years after. Luke didn't even know Jesus. Anyway, uh, historically, Luke didn't know Jesus. Um, Okay. Quote, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Jesus. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The infirmity, in their perspective, right. was the devil. Right. I was going to say. And she believed in this. She, that's why, yeah. that's why when, when, when she, she, she thought that there's a demon, she was like, well, we'll get rid of the demon by Jesus. Right, 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 right. I, mean, I was going to say, like, at the time, yeah, the inflictions, physical inflictions, mental illness were all demon caused. All demons caused. So that's what the Bible is, is reading. We know that's not the that's, case. That's not actually how it works. It's worth noting. It's worth noting. That when someone or something is deemed possessed, mm. the Roman Catholic Church has a protocol. Only clergy deemed to be exorcists should ever intercede. Mediums and spiritualists, according to the church, have little slash no power Mm. over these forces of evil. And yet, armed with her faith in the Bible, the words of Luke, the evangelist, Mrs. Cahill soldiered on. When we get back from the break, Christina, we're going to learn about what happened that evening. And we will learn the fate of the home at the haunted Demonically possessed. Villa Litchfield. We'll be right back. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. All right, we're back. Mm. And we last heard that curiosity did not kill the cat. <laughs> it opened a dark vortex into our world with that of hell. <laughs> and isn't that a t-shirt? I don't know what else is. I, that's a great Curiosity t-shirt. didn't kill the cat. It opened a, a demonic vortex into our world. <laughs> I'd buy that. <laughs> I'd, it, it, it reads, curiosity killed the cat with a, with a slash through killed the cat. Uh-huh. And just said, open a vortex into our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? During the seance, 
that was different from the other seances. Right. Right? Well, according to the participants, the environment felt different initially. During the first seances, there was a coldness that descended upon the room, and the communication with the dead actually happened quite smoothly. Mm-hmm. However, this time, it was quite different. It was hot, and they communicated quite difficultly. Difficultly. When, when our world is open to demons, <laughs> the participants said that the table vibrated. The lights flickered. There was a low rumbling, and the air whirled in an inexplicable manner. The shaking intensified to the point that porcelain plates fell to the floor, and the framed pictures crashed on the ground. Sounds like a poltergeist right now. Yeah, well, a poltergeist is basically a demon, I think. I thought you said that... I don't really know the difference. I don't know the difference either. I mean, I assume a poltergeist... Is is uh, the poltergeist is an evil entity? And it's not a ghost, huh? I guess in my brain I still think of them as ghosts. No, poltergeist is more of an, an evil entity that's made for mischief. Okay, okay, okay. Ghosts are usually the spirits of the of the dead caught in between worlds. Right. Okay. So often when we see like when we talk about Popper, you know, in, in the first episode, the yeah. first season, you know, Popper, the poltergeist, when we spoke so much about him, he was doing he was causing mischief. Right. He was like popping things and smashing things and doing things just for shits and giggles. Right. And when we spoke about all these ghosts, most of these ghosts, the only time we've seen That's mischief true. is usually with kids. Who are just causing mischief because they're kids. Right, 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 right. Like Molly is being a mischievous person because she's a young person. Right. As opposed to a lot of these ghosts are just appearing and just trying to find right. where they Going are. About, yeah, okay. All right, I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> One of the participants, Mrs. Margaret Rossiter, collapsed at the terror of the proceedings. Two others fled the scene. Running from the mansion, screaming in horror. I mean, I don't blame them, honestly. Kind of shocked that they didn't do that at the other ones as well, but here we are. Well, things weren't going to shit. Yeah, well, as soon as any medium starts talking in a not-their-own-voice, I'm probably <laughs> running from the mansion, so. That makes sense. Like, Hello! Nope, nope, no Beverly! <laughs> <laughs> no Beverly. Um, One was almost trampled by a horse-drawn carriage when she fled. It is said that the room went completely dark. And the demons appeared instantaneously, vanishing through the ceiling and into the upper floors. As we mentioned earlier, that's where we see that there is uh, some sort of a... Vortex? Some sort of a demonic possession. Oh, right. Of the house itself. Yeah. Not hated. Then, as suddenly as it began, it ended. The lights came on instantaneously. The shaking stopped. The scent of sulfur which had filled the air just a moment ago, dissipated. Mm. It was as if nothing occurred. Mrs. Rossiter was revived because she passed <laughs> out. Miss Rossiter, get up, girl! <laughs> and the episode was dismissed as a brief fainting smell, spell uh, precipitated by the emotions of the moment. Okay. The events proved unnerving. I don't know. However, and the seance came to an abrupt and inconclusive end. In her journal, Mrs. Cahill noted that oftentimes, quote, the grotesque coexists in disharmony with the divine. Is that a weird... It feels like a weird tattoo someone would have. <laughs> the grotesque. Larry the Hipster Ghost, did you write this? Um, the grotesque <laughs> exists in the disharmony with the divine? Also, obviously, Larry, obviously the grotesque 
exists in disharmony with the divine. It's kind of like they're like opposite ends of the spectrum. Look, we get it, Larry. We get it. Gosh. Gosh. Those present claim that no further contact of any spiritual kind was detected until dusk the next day. That is when the first haunting was noted. Mm. That evening, demons resembling gargoyles first appeared in the windows of the Villa Litchfield. Apparently, they were seen by many passerbys who were running and spreading the news about the neighborhood that there were demons and monsters in the windows of the Villa Litchfield. In fact, many say they still see those figures gl- no, and glowing you. red eyes when they pass the windows of the top floor of the villa, even till today. Oh, I hate that. Did no one do anything about this? Did they just were like, yeah, that's cool. We'll just let the, the demons roost. Were you going to do something about it? You call in the priest and you do the thing with the exorcists. You call the priests. At the very least, some lay person can sprinkle some holy water. Christina. If you work at the Litchfield uh, Villa and you need some holy water, please contact us. We've got you're gonna get you're gonna give away your holy water. I've got a lot of holy water. That's true. My mom especially got you holy water every year. Every year gets it for you. I appreciate that. She's like, hey, you're not gonna do anything, but Christina likes it. I appreciate the extra protection. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to have. What is freaky? <laughs> One may say what is most freaky. I was going to say what hasn't been so far. Go on. Is the fates of those there that evening. Oh, no. Of the five individuals present that evening for Mrs. Cahill's seance, Mr. William Woodruff seemed to have vanished from the historical record completely. Oh. There is no record of anything that happened to him from that day moving forward. Oh. There's no family records after. No death record. There's no death certificate. There's no grave. No plot. Nothing. Weird. He just vanishes. Which is quite weird when you're a man of means. Yeah. You usually don't just vanish. It is said that evening that he went home and was seized by the fallen angel Lucifer himself. Oh boy. And taken to hell. It's awfully specific for people, I presume, who weren't there at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oui. But, you know, I hate to see it. I hate to see it. The other four individuals present at the seance died within a year. Oh, wow. Mr. William Brownell would die from injuries sustained from an accidental fall. Mr. George Vonderlin would die of what could only be described as a severe anxiety attack. Both Mrs. Cahill and Mrs. Rossiter also died in 1865, and the cause of death for each woman is listed as consumption, or as we know it as, tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And it appears that Edwin Clark Litchfield wasn't present at the actual seance. So he, he lived a while longer. He lived to tell the tale. Apparently, Edwin Clark Litchfield never sensed the presence of a demonic possession either. Hmm. But that... Sounds like someone who's secretly the demonically possessed person would say. It is kind of fascinating because a good number of people who lived in the house or mm. worked at the house did. Interesting. And that leads to one of my theories at the end of this conversation. Okay. Because, heck, let's get into it right now. I think that he was the possessed person. I was going to say, sounds like. I don't know how the whole house got super possessed. Mm-hmm. And he never noticed anything. Yeah. Yeah. Five people died. Yep. In a year. Yep. That's crazy. That's Five a lot. people died. And one just straight up went missing. Right. And four others died. 
And everyone who worked at the house, who lived at the house, said that there were scary things happening, felt the evil within the floors of the room, heard the sounds and the rumbling, saw the gargoyles yeah. and the red eyes and the green tongues. Yeah, if... if and if, he didn't. If there is a theory that this was because one of the participants, right? That was something you said earlier, like might have been the possessed. And I know he wasn't there at the time, but I don't know. Just uh, kind of convenient. Kind of convenient. I think he was... He was the one. He was the one. Perhaps he was the initial one and he needed mm-hmm, 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 to mm-hmm. unlock the gates of hell. No wonder he was like, yeah, it's totally cool. Totally Come have it. all your seances Because no one would do that. <laughs> no one would be like, Come to my house, random people. Would love to do more seances. Would yeah. love to yeah. do it. Nope, love nope, to bring in nope. the, the evil in my house. No, thank you. Christina, spread some of that. We need say, it. It's getting time. It's time we need it. We're going to spread some holy water. I feel like it's that, that time. Go. Just a little flickety flack. A little flickety flack. I'm gonna do. A little flickety flack. Fl- there it is. We're flicking it. I don't know what I'm supposed. Here, give, give me right. some holy water. Okay. You don't gotta close it. That's fair. I'm trying to remember do the one time that I blessed a room. How Let's I did go. it. That's that's. Where's that works. We're gonna throw it. We're gonna throw it, just for our own sake. Yeah. Now we're good. Now we're good. Now we're. Now we're I safe. feel better. Everyone feels better. Everyone feels safe. Everyone feels better. Edwin Clark Litchfield was nothing less than happy, though, to sell his property in 1868 to the Brooklyn Parks Commission, who still use the building to this day. As for uh, Edward Clark Litchfield, he would eventually die in 1885. Okay. And nothing really came of, uh, nothing crazy came out from him ever again. And no one did anything about the demons in the house. Oh, no, they just let it, they let it play out. Parks Department, I guess, is still doing it. Yeah, I guess the Parks Department still is like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to leave these demons. Yikes. Spiritualists still seem to be drawn to the area. In fact, it's reported that many residents in the building along Prospect Park West between 3rd and 6th Street include a number of women who hold seances to this very day. Guys, stop it. What are you doing? And it is said that when a seance is held... The demons become more active and agitated. Their gargoyle forms are often seen casting shadows from the windows. I hate it. Now, I mentioned earlier that there is a proper protocol for demons that were not followed. Okay, right. What is the proper protocol, you ask? Yes. Well, for that, I turn to the United States. This is to get rid of demons? Okay. Well, for that, I went to the United States Conference of Bishops website. Like you do. Um, to see what they say about exorcisms. And this is what they say. The Latin Church Bishops of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops approved the English translation for De De Exorcismus et Supplicanibus Quibustatum Editorium Typica in November 2014. Mm. The final text of exorcism and related supplications was confirmed by the Holy See, the Pope, in December 2016 and implemented in the Diocese of the United States as of June 27, 2017. In the course of approval process, a list is frequently asked of questions on exorcism and it's used and its use in the church's liturgical life and was developed by the uh, Secretariat of Divine Worship. Answers were provided by specialists in this ministry and experts in canon law. 
Since so much of the common perception of the nature and application of exorcism is shaped by the exaggerations of movie scripts mm-hmm. and television programs, the Committee of Divine Worship has approved dissemination of these basic questions and answers yeah. in hopes that clear information is brought to bear on a topic that is often shrouded in mystery or misinformation. According to the bishops, exorcism is a specific form of prayer that the church uses against the power of the devil. Why does the church need exorcisms? Well, there are instances when a person needs to be protected against the power of the devil or to be withdrawn from his spiritual dominion. At such times, the church asks publicly and authoritatively in the name of Jesus Christ for this protection or liberation through the use of exorcism. While the basis for exorcism is grounded in the ministry of Jesus, uh, see the Bible, (laughs) Mark 134, 39, Luke 435, and Matthew 17, 18, there is no scriptural basis for the formal rite of exorcism apart from the use of the Psalms and Gospels um, that were included in the rite of exorcism as it evolved. Exorcisms are divided into two kinds or forms. Simple or minor forms of exorcism are found in two places. First, those preparing for baptism, the rite of Christian initiation of adults, and the rite of baptism for children all call for a minor exorcism. Really? If you have received these sacraments, you have received these prayers. What? If you look in the prayer book for baptism, there is a prayer. I've seen it before. It says the rite of exorcism. What? And in that, they ask that you are protected from the devil. We've... What? You've all... Everyone in who's ever been baptized... Has been exorcised? Has been... Has a minor exorcism. That is just a prayer That's, to protect you from the devil. I had no idea. It doesn't say that you are that the devil is within right, you. Right, right. It's just protection. But it protects you from the devil. Yep. Wow. The second is the major exorcism, which is a rite that can only be performed by a bishop or a priest with the special and express permission of the local ordinary. This form is directed at the expulsion of demons or the liberation of a person from demonic possession. Mm-hmm. Should be noted that there's not seen anything in this text about uh, a location being demonically possessed. Mm. Interesting. 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 Because I recall once at one of Mominelli's haunted schools, um, she asked the priest if he wouldn't mind just blessing the space. And he said no. And I wonder if it has anything to do with the idea that well, the priests bless spaces all the time, so I don't know what's going on. Fascinating. I think we need a right for getting them out of walls. Yeah. Well, it is advisable that every diocese establish a protocol to respond to inquiries made by the faithful who claim to be demonically afflicted. So every diocese has their own protocol. Um, as part of the protocol, an assessment should occur to determine the true state of the person. Only after a thorough examination, including medical, psychological, and psychiatric tests, might the person be referred to the exorcist for final determination regarding to dom- demonic possession. So basically, you need to go see a bunch of doctors. Right, rule out anything else. A- a- yeah, before it's anything. To be clear, the actual determination on whether a member of the faithful is genuinely possessed by the devil is made by the church, even if individuals claim to be possessed through their own self-diagnosis or psychoses. Mm. Um, a priest may be appointed to the office of exorcist either on a stable basis or a particular occasion ad actum by the diocesan, diocesan bishop. In either case, the exorcist should work closely with and under the direction of the bishop. Every diocese in the United States of America has an exorcist appointed. We just don't know who they are. Um, hmm. And most priests don't know who they are. Only wow. the, the bishop and the person who is the exorcist knows Top who they secret. are. Top secret. 
Um, as specified in the canon law, the priest being appointed to the ministry of exorcist should possess piety, knowledge, prudence, and integrity of life. The introduction to exorcisms and related supplications further directs that the priest has, quote, been specifically prepared for this office. Classically, the exorcist has trained for specialized ministry through an apprenticeship model working under the direction of an experienced exorcist. Additionally, in recent years, several programs have been established to foster the training of exorcists. Wow. How may an exorcist ensure that an exorcism is not perceived as magical mm. or superstitious activity? Because often on this show, we talk yep. a lot about the, the, the lines between reality and, and, and you know, Fake. Cults and religion and the exorcist himself can serve as the catechist in this matter. By the way, he faithfully administers the rites as provided by the church in uh, the church's wisdom. Fundamentally, the rites of exorcism are just one more way the church lends the church tends to pastoral care of souls, even souls that are on that are not of her flock. Fascinating. And that's a little about exorcisms. I learned a whole lot there. So there it is. It's a real thing. Exorcisms are a real thing. Um, people apparently, according to the church, can be demonically possessed. Fascinating. Fascinating indeed. I'm, f I'm okay. All right. And they're secret agents, these exorcists. And they are secret agents. And there you have it, Christina. That is the, the Villa Litchfield, which oh. is demonically haunted to this day. I hate that. I hate that very much. I hate that. I'm tempted to go to the house and just put holy water on it. I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. Don't don't mind me, everyone. Don't mind me. Just holy water it up. Yeah. And there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. Well, thanks for that, Adam. Well, that was welcome. horrifying. Well, I do what I can. I do what I can. Thank you uh, to Anne-Marie for the holy water that I will bless myself with one more time before mm -hmm. I leave the uh, studio today. And here's the thing, you guys. Quick PSA. Don't open demonic vortexes. Don't do it. Don't it's have seances in your house or anyone else's house. No one wants to open a demonic vortex. No one should. No one will. But someone will. But they shouldn't. So don't let them. So don't let them. If you have any thoughts, ideas, you know what to do. Head on over to our social meds. Head on over to at NY Mystery Machine at Instagram and Facebook and TikTok at NY Mysteries on the Twitter and reach out to us with all your crazy zany thoughts. Um, do you think that uh, Mr. Litchfield himself was possessed? We do. We do. Let's know if we're right. Do you think we're right? Let us know. Uh, be sure to reach out to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that jazz. Tell us what you love about the show. Tell us what you want to hear more of. You can, you can email us, nymysterymachines at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of the New York Mystery Machine. I've been Adam Ace. I'm Mr. Marley. Thank you for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. How many hall, but for gold. Don't open a vortex, Christina. <laughs> <laughs>